What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Logos Podcast. This is Max. This is Joey. And on today, today's, today's, that's a new word. It just came up with it right now. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Zach Bryan and his new album called Innovatively Zach Bryan. Boom. Gotcha. We're going to be talking about a song particularly to that album. There's, I can't remember how many songs, I'm not going to lie to you. And there's several that are you know, off the charts. Keep talking, I'll find it. One of the songs we were going to originally kind of discuss and investigate is called I Remember Everything with Casey Musgraves. Great song. Recommend it. But I got to be honest with you, I thought it was a little cheesy. Didn't say it was bad. Lyrical composition gets to the heart, no doubt. But I think worthy of um, of our platform and worthy of what we do and how we investigate things, we thought Spotless would be kind of one of those songs we could draw out some themes to. What do you think about that? Joey. Yeah, I can't find how many exact songs are on this album, but there are songs on that there album. There are some songs on the album. One of them is called Spotless. And we yeah, should talk about it. Exactly. And so uh, we're going to break down some themes of this song. Uh, this, uh, it's a good song. It is a good song. Catchy. Yeah. Deep. And as Zach Bryan does, he's a lyrical genius. And so that's what he did with this You're song. You're calling him a lyrical genius. I think he. I think that's actually one of his strengths, personally. All right, we'll talk about that. We will talk about First that. First of all, what's up, dude? How are you? Dude, I am hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. But you like that one. Yeah, you did. And it's a great image. And that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. Just hanging in? Just hanging in there. Not not flourishing? Not, there's, a priest, well, there's a priest at our seminary this year. He's like a really understated guy. Yeah. And then you ask him how he's doing and you're, you're like, Father, how are you? And he says, I'm flourishing. And then you're like, <laughs> wow, that was, I'm surprised. But he gets excited. Yeah. So you're not flourishing? I'm, I know I am flourishing, I guess. It depends on what you mean by plur- flourishing. We're we talking about Aquinas' idea of perfection. Fulfilling your nature's yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm doing good, man. All in all, well, uh, second week of seminary getting getting underway. Yeah. Think things are settling, you know. Seminary, guys, just for those who are new and for those who are continuing, it's it's a grind. It's a routine. There's uh, somebody, somebody compared it to a video game, which is not exactly like that, but in the sense of where, like, you got to enter it and just get it done and get through it. I think there's a part of it, right? There's and an, it's fun, and it's incredibly it's, enriching, and it's joyful. And but we there's a lot, a lot of work. There's a lot of work. There a lot is. of responsibilities. Those are starting to add up. So I'm starting to figure out the configuration codes. I guess is what I was trying to go with my yeah. analogy. But now you're making me feel bad because Sorry. I use this analogy that apparently you find inadequate. I do find it inadequate. What? So we're in all the same classes. We are in all the same classes. What class are you most excited about? Join nine literature. Say that again, because people don't Joe know. Joe and I in literature. Why don't you know what Joe and I in literature means? I mean, what's your problem? What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> so Joe and I in literature, we're, talking, we're breaking down the uh, gospel of St. John. So John's gospel. So Joe and I. Joe and I adjective that they've turned his That's name right. into. Joe and I corpus, so, if you want to get yeah. down crazy so with the it. gospel of John, the first, second, and third letter of John. That's right. And then the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. All attributed to the same author. Right. Um, so our professor for that class is pretty cool he's he's great nice and italian has has some he has some uh i don't know if you noticed this in class last time he has a kind of a flavorful teaching method very um uh, existential yeah very like contemplative he's just kind of reflecting it's not systematic no which i dig for a change personally it's kind of your thing it's kind of your style yeah yeah, exactly it's not my style but i like it so what is your favorite class i am most excited about sexual morality oh yeah with Father Why? Dylan James, who's been on this podcast twice before now, actually. Yes. One episode on contraception, one on the transgender 
ideology. So we're going to be talking about a lot of those things in more detail in that class. And I think um, his thesis is that really the, the church is teaching on sexuality, on chastity, on the dignity of human love. That is like the crucial issue for evangelization, for uh, introducing people into the beauty of the gospel. And I think, yeah. he, I think there's something to that. So I'm excited for that class. And one of his kind of, one of his niches is also that in fact, the church has a positive turn to purity and to chastity and that those things that the church holds in high regards are actually good things Yeah, and, uh, and they can change the world. And, yeah. and I, in fact have changed the exactly, world in the past. Right? right. And so we hope to have him on actually to discuss some of the, influences of the church's sexual moral teachings um, and how just in general purity has influenced Western society. Uh, But that's for a future episode. And if you're interested in that episode, let us know. But for now, that's how I'm doing. And Joey, is that how you're doing? That's how I'm doing. Wait, that you literally didn't answer how you were doing, I guess. I told you Did what I'm, uh, I'm doing well, I think. Yeah, I'm doing well. We just had a meeting about our apostolic assignments for this year. So we got to figure out what parishes we're going to be helping in. And we got told that we're kind of like, they, (laughs) they're giving us freedom now to like, be like, Hey, I got to go help in the parish and I can't be at this thing at the seminary. And that's cool. Like we haven't had that before this stage. So we're getting closer and closer to real ministry. They're trusting us with more responsibilities and that's, that's exciting stuff. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right on. All right, guys. So let's get into the episode. As we've mentioned before, and those who are familiar with what we do, what we do on this channel, particularly when talking about songs, is we break them down. Now, in the past, what we've done is actually break down like stanza by stanza. Mm-hmm. This time, what we're going to do out do is actually draw out central themes we caught in the songs worth discussing. Um, again, some lyrics in the song I'm sure are open to interpretation. I, I've listened to recently uh, an interview with uh, Zach Bryan and Joe Rogan. And other interviews outside of that one, but that one I think was more comprehensive. But one of the things he talked about is that part of his uh, strength, I think, is that he's not in there trying to influence or have all these kinds of ideologies in his music. He's just trying to write poems. Hmm. And he says, I think that's what's coming across through his music is that he's just kind of raw. And I think this song is certainly one of those. Uh, But with that, I think, comes the fact that there is some subjectivity, you know, in, in in the music. Can I say something about that? That's kind of like a Hit theological, philosophical reflection. So we've we've done these these song episodes before, yeah. And every time we do this, you 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 normally suggest the song as you did this time, yeah. And you're like, hey, listen, check out these lyrics, and then we'll talk about it. And I'm always like, okay, cool. So then I check out the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, this song is clearly about X. And then we come together to talk about it, and you're like, you see something totally different. And at first it's like kind of frustrating. It's like, no, Max, like that's not what this is saying. And then you say something that I didn't think about, right? So you see something that I didn't. And yeah. I share something and I see something that you didn't. And that can happen. And so basically th- through talking through it, we actually come to a much deeper understanding of the song that we're, that we're about to break down. Yeah, I agree. Which is cool. Now, part of the reason that, that there's kind of that gray area is that the song comes from the subjective experience of of the artist right it's mm-hmm. it comes from a subject and so if we're going to engage our sub, our subjectivities with it it's gonna i don't know we have to we have to dialogue and we have to try to approach this reality but i was th- the same thing is true of the universe like when we're trying to figure out the world mm. like the world is like a song that god has written to us 
that's actually the exact example that C.S. Lewis draws on, right? Oh, the great orchestra that. of creation. And so it's like, if we're going to, so I look at the world, I look at reality and I think I can, fi- I think I've got it figured out, right? I think like, oh, that's what this is. But then unless I go and talk to other people who have differing opinions than me, who have different subjective experiences than me, I'm not actually going to be able to get to the meat of what the, of what the world is about. Mm. So I just think that's kind of cool. And in fact, to talk about metaphysics even a little more, or theology or philosophy, or a little of all. I remember Aquinas talking about like one of the great things about community is precisely that, that it actually helps you um, figure out truth that comes to terms with it, mm-hmm. to help you recognize that you, in fact, don't know everything. I think Pope right. Benedict XVI's papal motto was co-workers in the truth. That's right. Co-workers of the truth. And it's like he wanted us all together to be approaching the truth, who is ultimately God himself. So Right. So there's some big... The- 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 Just a little something. You know, Zach Bryan, it was, it, was, it was all up in his music, no <laughs> doubt. You know, Should we talk about Zach Bryan before we talk about Spotless? Let's do it. So... Who is this guy? Zach Bryan is actually a fascinating guy. Um, because in some sense, he kind of took wind on social media. He took off there uh, before he even had, you know performed a major concert. Uh, I think his, his musical, his musical career, if you want to say that started, you know, when he was 15, 16, he started writing some stuff. Uh, he'd played at a couple bars for fun. Uh, but then he started producing some of his music online and it kind of took off from there. But as he was producing music, he was also in the Navy. So he was getting his Navy career started. Um, I think he said his dad was an, was a Navy man and, and his, his grandfather. And so he had some, some influence in the Navy. And, and he, that, was his, that was his idea. I'm going to be a Navy man and that's what I'm going to do. And, but, you know, this whole music thing took off. So as part of, uh, you know, uh, an officer in the military, he was doing all these things. But then his musical career was taken off. And so I think in 2002, he was asked to— No, that's too long ago. He said he, when, he oh, was sorry, 20, when he was 22. Yeah. Sorry, 2022. My bad, yeah, you right. He was asked to uh, to reconsider uh, leaving the military so that he could pursue this musical thing because he was one of, at that point, one of the largest musicians in the world, you know? And just through like, twi- like he was 22 years old, he was in the Navy, right. and he played around with music for fun, like as a... He, I think I heard him tell Joe Rogan, like as a stress reliever, like yeah. he didn't have therapy because they don't, they're not really into that in yeah. the military, which, <laughs> you know, say, say what you will about that. But yeah. he was like, so I would just go play music, write songs. And that was like my escape. That's, and then he posted it to Twitter and then it blew up yeah. and then he became famous. And so, yeah, he was, he left the military. He was honorably discharged from the military to pursue this new career that was materializing before his very eyes. And it was funny because he had mentioned, uh, that before him being honorably discharged from the military, the only person to have previously done it was Elvis Presley. For the sake of music. For the right? sake of music, right? So he was honorably discharged um, to, to some extent to pursue this, this musical career that was unfolding. Uh, but Elvis Presley was the only one to have done it before. Two things I learned. One, I didn't know Elvis Presley had served uh, in the military, Neither which shows I. my ignorance. Yeah. Um, but two, it's fascinating that he's, he's, in that, he's in that category. He's in the category. Yeah. And... Um, it's funny though because as, as I mentioned earlier, he hadn't performed a major concert up to that point. Wow. So he literally went from uh, you know a navy man packaging and shipping missiles <laughs> to all of a sudden now having to play in these major venues. And he's like, wait, wait a second, like wait, give me a second to breathe here, you know. Um, and so I think that's kind of wild. And that's so cool. and his his actually debut released album was uh, American Heartbreak. American Heartbreak. That's right. Uh, so he was honorably discharged in 2022 
And in the same year, he released this album. Yeah, so recent. I mean, it's recently that he's straight up. Out. Yeah, so he's a he's a recent phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. To, to acknowledge, and one of his major songs was "Something in the Orange," which became a hit and is now its own EP. Check it out. Um, but that's kind of the song that that, that got off the, off the ground. I personally like him because he's kind of a rough and tough dude, honest, just kind of yeah shooting shooting the crap as raw. We say. You said yeah, he's, he is a, he is a raw. My sister, my older sister, especially loves Zach Bryan. And she actually has a great story. She, she wanted to see him more than anything else in concert. And so she, she knew that he was going to perform at Red Rocks in Colorado. Are you familiar with that theater? I am not. I'm sorry. Oh, dude. It's, whoa, 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 it's open. It's, it's outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in the, it's in these mountains that are all yeah, Red Rocks. Right. So it's like this famous theater. I think I saw Chris Stapleton, not live, but I saw oh, a recording of him having performed oh, okay, there. Okay. Okay. See, right. that'd be sweet to see Chris oh, Stapleton. My gosh. I've been there to Red Rocks, not for a concert, just like during the day where there's yeah. a bunch of people in Colorado. Like I hear the acoustics there are phenomenal. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly, uh, like a famous theater for cool. a lot of reasons. Anyway, my sister, she really wanted to see Zach Bryan. She heard that he was going to perform out there, but she didn't have a ticket to the concert. But she was, I don't know, crazy. And so she decided to just buy a plane ticket to Colorado. Right on. Without a ticket to the concert. She's like, <laughs> I'm just, just going to go out there and figure it out. So she and her friend, they go out to, they fly out to Colorado. They literally get, they, they, they're they going to try to scalp a ticket off of somebody who's selling them outside the concert. Well, they they don't have any luck with that. Nobody's out there selling tickets. And so what, the, so she, she's here, she spent, I don't know, 400 bucks on a plane ticket to get out to this concert. And she ends up asking somebody there if to send them a screenshot of their ticket on their phone. Right. So she can try Uh-oh. to use, so you can, tr- she can try to use this other person's ticket. So the other person obviously goes in first gets in the concert, then sends my sister a screenshot. And then my sister and her friend walk up to the ticket booth with the screenshot of this fake ticket and they scan it. And obviously it doesn't work because they just scanned that ticket. Already. Sure. So, <laughs> and we were all like, we were like, why are you going out there? Like, you don't even have a ticket. And she was like, I just have faith. And so <laughs> the person scanning her fake ticket said, is that a screenshot of somebody else's ticket? <laughs> <laughs> freaking and, got him and my sister was just like <laughs> yeah and then the person just said i don't have time for this just go and let her no freaking way dude so she got to see zach bryan live at red rocks and that sounds like a great story for she, a lifetime she, she said it was amazing that's great um that's so sick so so he's just a couple other things he's 27 years old and young, he's dude. a he's a self-composing country musician um, maybe some progressive country if uh, you're a stickler for country music, which I sometimes am personally. So, but anyway, so country music, that's another reason that we were doing him because I personally like country. I think it's growing on Joey some if he didn't already like it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, good. It's, good. It's, good. it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. So let's break it down. There's a, there's a few themes like, uh, like I said, that we're going to draw into. Uh, again, they're not exhaustive. And sure, with our background of philosophy and theology, we'll try to to fluff them up with that, uh, with some of those ideas, because I think that one of the things that music is so powerful in doing is actually drawing us to universal truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Zach Bryan, I think, is no exception in that. And so we're going to try to draw out some of those truths, which we found in this lyrical uh, composition here. One of the first themes we saw right off the bat, actually, is human brokenness. Um, I want to read you just kind of a few of the opening lines. Turn on the TV. Act like you don't see me. Tell me everything is okay. Right. My mother's a saint. Told me if I wait, everything meant to be will stay. 
Well, I ain't a believer in people pleasing neither. Telephones have ruined this place. Meet a man in New York City. Told me humans ain't as pretty as a perfect day we'll chase for all the days. So there's a messiness, right? At the beginning, turn on the TV, act like you don't see me. Just kind of moving across. Nothing much to see here, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of a sort of negligence, I think, on behalf of the person turning on the TV and just moving all right. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to tell me everything is okay. Yeah, there's a superficiality to whatever relationship is going on there. The TV is an obstacle to it, right? Yeah. And how true is that of so many of our lives that our, our technology, our whatever it might be, TV, phone, social media, gets in the way of authentic relationships and everything just becomes superficial. Everything just becomes kind of fake, really. I was telling, uh, I was talking to actually just, just before coming in here, uh, I was downstairs and there's a guy working on some of the electricity around the, the building. <clears throat> and I, I asked him, uh, we were just caught in conversation. I was like, you play any video games? Just like for fun, I don't know, shoot, shoot the breeze with the guy. And he's like, yeah, I play VR. It's a virtual reality mm. games. And I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, what, what games do you play? And he's like, Among Us and other things. I, I don't really know the games, but he was telling me that he has a virtual reality coach who teaches him how to, how to how to play this video game. And I was like, do you know the guy? He's like, no, I just online. And I was thinking to myself, you're telling me that a guy that you don't know is coaching you in how to play a video game of which you're already playing. Yeah, that's wild. You know? That's where we are though. Yeah, so like uh, to your your point though, right? So there's, you know, turn on the TV, act like you don't see me. There's this kind of distancing Mm -hmm. in our immediate encounter with social media. And in that book, E-Personality, um, that I mentioned before by Dr. It's not coming to mind, but, uh, he's a, it starts with an E Dr. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. Uh, he's a psychologist, at Stanford university. I'll link it down below. And what's the name of the book? Uh, e-personality. E-personality. Yeah. How virtual, how the virtual world influences personality. But one of the things he talks about is this is precisely that there's kind of a distancing between relationships, uh, in such a way that we begin to kind of make our own relationships through online and in trying to form those relationships, our personality is changing by the way that we interact, by the mm-hmm. way that we maybe post pictures, by the way that we watch things, by the way that we joke. There's a kind of a, a morphing of a sorts of a person. And all that to say that in this kind of, these couple of opening lines, you see that. All those themes are present, I think. Yeah. And you said human brokenness. And I think, so if we read the chorus, then we can transition back to that first verse. So the chorus is, I ain't spotless, neither is you. It's not proper grammar, but we'll let that slide. We'll let that now. slide. It's country music, I suppose. Right, it's what we do, right? All right, brother. <laughs> For once in my life, I'm going to see it through. If you want spotless, I'll always lose. I don't want love, lover. I want the truth. Okay, so spotless. like, So he's saying I'm not spotless, right? I'm, I'm broken. I'm messy. I've got problems. I've got stuff going on. Um, and so do you, by the way, right? Well, um, you do. Well, I guess I do. Not you, know, you Max. No. We know that you're immaculately conceived. That's not what I said. But for once in my life, I'm going to see it through. Um, so the way I read this is like, okay, we've got this reality. This world is full of people who are just, they've, they've got wounded hearts. They've got, yeah, they're messy inside. They're not perfect, right? And that can be a, when we encounter that reality, when we encounter people who are broken and messy, and when we encounter the brokenness and messiness in ourselves and our own hearts, we can be tempted to not engage in real relationship because we're afraid we're going to get hurt. Mm. We can be tempted to not make ourselves vulnerable to real love, real relationships, because we're afraid of the mess. 
And so what do we do? We just turn on the TV and act like we don't see the person and say everything's okay, right? We just, we hide in our phones, we distract ourselves on TikTok and we don't actually engage in reality. Mm. But what he's saying is like, look, I'm not spotless, like I'm broken, but for once in my life, I'm going to see it through. He's like, the way I read that is like, for once in my life, despite the brokenness and messiness that I know is within myself, I'm going to try to like have this relationship. I'm going to try to love. I'm going to try to enter into friendship or something, whoever it is he's singing to. And the second half of that chorus is like, if you want spotless, I'll always lose. So it's like, if you never trust me, then we're never going to build a relationship. And you're always going to think you're always going to you know, default to the TV and don't see me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go back to the person who does know me, who is my mother. And then she's actually going to enter into a relationship with me, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, there's just, I think there's deep tension between recognizing one's brokenness and not seeking to reconcile with, with that brokenness. And I'll say this, the line met a man in New York city told me humans ain't as pretty as a perfect day will chase for all the days. Right. So New York city, that's the stereotypical, like big city, hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a man in New York city has encountered a lot of people who are probably mean and rude and broken. Right. And so he, now he's saying humans ain't as pretty as a perfect day. Like I'm trying to chase a perfect experience, a perfect, whatever it might be. And I'm trying to get these people out of my way so that I can have this good experience. Mm. And I think what Zach Bryan's saying is like, no, it's in those messy, broken people that the real good experience is going to come. And what's crazy is that through God's grace, I mean, in our, I mean, transitioning to, I mean, theology, how is God present in all of this? It's like, God knows that we're all broken. God knows that we're all wounded, Yeah. but it's actually through making ourselves vulnerable to his love and to the love of others that those wounds can actually become healed over time. Right. Mm. So if I like, if I hide myself from real relationships because I'm afraid of revealing my the fact that I'm not spotless yeah, or if I refuse to enter into a relationship with somebody because I know that they have stuff too, I'm never actually going to get down to the depths of my heart and be able to Mm. kind of tear that wound open so that it can be healed. Yeah. But in entering into a relationship with somebody in love, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And the woundedness and the brokenness, it's going to come up. It's going to come up to the surface, but it's only by addressing it that it'll eventually have the possibility of being healed two things come to mind. One thing in regards to this topic, you know, we oftentimes like to put our, our best face forward, which I think is a good thing, right? We yeah. want, we want to give off a good impression. Yep. Reputation is an important thing we should keep, mm-hmm. but we also want to kind of show the people our best. Um, and so we're scared to, I think at times, I certainly am. I think speaking for the general populace, we're certainly, we're scared to show them our possible flaws, because we've now shown them like the best of us. Yep. We dress the best. We shake hands firmly. We hug well. We, we show them well. our best pictures on Instagram. Exactly. Right? Yeah. We do these kinds of things. Exactly. And uh, to show them our flaws means that we in some way have jeopardized our authenticity or have uh, jeopardized uh, the confidence we've exuded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I feel that the people that I'm closest to are the people who have opened their hearts to me in such a way that I can see that they're wounded not hold them personally accountable for, for those things, but to help them grow in that in the same way that they do with me. And so I open up to them, they open up to me, and then communion actually begins. Mm-hmm. But in this attempt to always put our, our face forward, our best face forward, we're scared to enter into relationships. That's one thing that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind, more theological, is that our Lord is glorified in his wounds, right? Yeah. So like our Lord's 
body is in heaven and he's we have this beautiful image of like it's his wounds he's showing his wounds to his father right his glorified body is his wounded body yep yep right and um to to, to apply that to this we need to learn to open our our wounds our hearts first of all to god yep who is the one we should trust above all but as a means to that to grow in trust with people so that in showing our wounds to people we're also more obliged to open our hearts up to our father mm-hmm. we learn how to communicate with those who are around us with the idea that we also want to open us our uh, open up ourselves fully to the father i think yeah so really i mean and because we live in a fallen world there are some people who we shouldn't just reveal our hearts to full That's, stop yeah, right yeah, and with prudence point. you know it takes time to build trust and relationships and stuff but the the image of of the father like the father knows your heart more than you do mm. he knows your brokenness more than you do and he loves you in that. Like Jesus came and he came to seek and save what was lost, right? He came for the tax collector and the sinner. Yeah. And he wants to heal you precise, heal you and encounter you precisely in that place of woundedness within your heart. And I think to get back to this song, Zach Bryan is some, he's probably not thinking about Jesus Christ, but he's tapping into this reality of like, look, people are messy we've we've all got problems but we can't use that as an use that as an excuse to hide from real relationship i mm. think i think he's saying that real relationship is worth it even though it's painful even though it requires us to confront this brokenness within us there's this last line on the course says i don't want love lover i want the truth what do we which, think he means by that we'll see that progress yeah that changes throughout that changes the song. throughout the song um Maybe I don't want love in the sense of like, I don't want your, my interpretation is that I don't want some cheesy compassion. Yeah. I want you to be honest with me. I yeah. want you to open up with me. Yeah. I don't want your, you know, false humility. Uh, I, I want you to be honest. I want you to be raw with me. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. So when I think he's, when he's talking about love in this, in this chorus, I think he's talking about love the way the world thinks about love, mm. right? Just this feeling, this happy, mm. fluffy feeling of romance. He's like, I don't want that. I want you to see who I am mm. and I want to see who you are. I want the truth, right? So um, that's that's pretty deep stuff. Show sure enough. Um, all right, should we keep talking? Should we keep going? Should we talk about another theme? Yeah. I think the next big theme that we drew out was constancy or perseverance. Um, and I think that's illustrated, I think, well in the second verse. Yeah. This, this, this top line, um, I think it's very deep. And it reads, people die a thousand times to get to who they are. Um, I personally found that very profound and literally just, just an hour ago, I was walking around with a guy and we were just talking about how things are going, you know, and I was joyfully expressing how one of my experiences, this is a younger guy, you know, I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, one of my experiences in seminary is that our Lord has a thousand times kicked me and made me fall to my knees. But in doing so, I'm able able more fully to enter into what I think is a vocation he set out for me. To realize in who I am, my flaws, my strengths, and ultimately to be, be able to give that all over to the Father. Yeah. To 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 know who he is, to know who I am, and then to then to give myself in that way. And so in that way I've died a thousand times um, because I've I've had to confront my my faults in a way that is very vivid to myself and everybody around me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's not easy to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I think finding finding my identity in that. Yeah, they say that the saints are just sinners who never stop trying. Mm. Right? They 
The saints are sinners who were just like doggedly resilient and perseverant in their pursuit of our Lord and their pursuit of goodness and truth and beauty. So they fell a million times, like Zach Bryan says in this song. Um, and I know certainly in my life, that's been the case. It's look, it's the pattern of the Paschal mystery. It's the death and resurrection, right? If you are <laughs> at the center of all reality is the incarnation of Jesus Christ in his Paschal mystery, the death and resurrection, right? Yeah. He died and he rose from the dead and he was glorified. And the closer we approach God, the further we move through life towards truth and goodness and beauty to become who we are, to become who God created us to be, the more we're going to have to encounter that fundamental reality of the Paschal mystery of the mm. death and resurrection. We're going to have to die. This is what this is what happens in baptism, right? We we die with Christ and then rise with him. Mm. And that pattern is played out over and over again in our lives and it seems painful in the moment. It seems paradoxical and our Lord says crazy things like unless you lose your life, you won't save it, right? Yeah. Whoever tries to f- save his life will we'll lose, lose it. it yeah. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, right? He says like you have to take up your cross and follow me. The son of man is going to suffer and be tortured and killed, but on the third day he will rise. And this is in a small way present in every little difficulty and suffering that we undergo. And and the reason that we try to connect themes as profound as the one that Joey's saying and things like this song is because the truths that the Christian faith speaks, guys, are universal truths. They're to use kind of modern psychological language or the archetype of reality. They show us a pattern by which we can engage and live reality. They're not some simple, it was like, oh, here's these Catholic guys, you know, drawing in Catholic doctrine into Zach Bryant. No, like what Zach Bryant is drawing on with that line, for example, is a deeper theme. It's connected to a, to a, to a reality, to a reality. To a rea- reality we're trying to express through these, through our own motifs, through the motifs of the church, really. Um, but I think that, again, music draws us into that. With a line like, people die a thousand times, they do, to get, get to who they are. He's not saying literally, but he's saying people people suffer to try to figure out who they are. People do in life. Um, some people, by the grace of God, make it, make, it, make it big in life and are successful in their own ways, maybe have a good family and then live a good life. Some people don't. Some people, unfortunately, have catastrophic endings to their life or, or difficult. Nevertheless, there is... I think a deep truth in, in this, in this line. Yeah. And that's such an important principle. So like Zach Bryan, as he's writing the song, he's not thinking about Jesus Christ and the cross and resurrection, right? He's thinking about Lucas podcast, no <laughs> doubt. Cause we had just called him 437 times. And- he's, he's not thinking about Jesus, but what he's thinking about is reality. Like he's looking at his experience. He's looking at the world and he's intuiting this truth about it. And it turns out that what we're saying, the reason that he's intuiting this truth about reality is that reality comes forth from the logos, from the God who, sent his son to die and rise for all of us. And so Zach Bryan, even if he doesn't know it, when he's tapping into this truth, he's being led in spite of himself, if you will, towards the ultimate foundation of reality, which is which is the Lord. This so, last line on the verse, on verse two, reads, I'm a self-destructive landslide if you want, if you want to be the hill. So bad grammar again, but <laughs> there's this idea of trust again. Hey, yeah. look, I'm going to fall again. There's... I'm naturally oriented towards falling. Why don't you uh, jump on this ride with me? Yeah, let, yeah. Like, let's, let's do this thing. Let's embark on this adventure together. And that the resilience, the constancy, the fidelity that we talked about, is it's, it's a perfect dovetail to that first theme of human brokenness in the midst of relationships. Yeah. If you're going to enter into a relationship with another human being, if you're going to take that risk, if you're going to step out into that deep water, you're going to have to be constant and faithful and, perseverant and persevere because you're going to get hurt. 
you're going to, you're going to hurt the other person you love and they're going to hurt you. I'm thinking of marriages right now. Like, it might be a thousand times or it might be one big time. Oh my gosh. I'm like, think, think of faithful married couples who have been together for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. How many times their hearts have been probably ripped to shreds mm. by the spouse who they love or their kids <laughs> or their children or their own human weakness has caused brokenness within yeah. the marriage. But it's like, that's where God's grace wants to come in and sanctify it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what he wants. To, he wants to redeem us there. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. that's a good theme. Let's see what this next chorus says. I ain't spotless. Neither is you. There's that grammar again. Just great <laughs> for once in my life. I'm going to see it through. If you want to leave this, that's okay. Everything meant to be is bound to stay. It takes us to like the first, the first verse was mom telling him everything's going to be all right. You yeah. Know? And that's, um, that's another theme that I want to highlight right now. It's, it's trust in divine providence, mm. which he doesn't say that God is taking care of everything, but he says his, <laughs> he says, my mother is a saint and she told me that everything meant to be will stay. So like everything that's supposed to happen and stay and remain faithful in my life, everything that I'm supposed to experience, I will. So that's like, that is trust in a higher power governing your life, mm. right? Who's so like that the things that happen to you happen for a reason. Yeah. And as we've said a million times in the show, the only way that things can happen for a reason is if the universe comes forth from the mind of a creator who is governing all things. And so Zach Bryan here in the midst of this broken relationship or this relationship that has risk because of the human brokenness within it, he's saying, look, if you want to leave, that's okay because everything happens for a reason. And also I understand because I, 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 I too struggle with trusting. That's a good, that's, (laughs) you know, Uh, but everything meant is bound to stay. So there's this kind of, Again, this pattern, this providential guiding towards uh, hopefully a, a good ending. And here, I think, in, in, in just in the general scope of the song, Zach Bryan is saying, "We're not spotless. Jump if if you want to risk this thing we call love, mm-hmm. this thing we call truth." Um, and that's a good maybe message to anyone right now. Like, let's say you're listening to this and you're dealing with, like, you just got out of a relationship, or you're dealing with heartbreak or loss or something. And it seems like that's meaningless and it seems like you don't know what to do. Well, the heavenly father is using even this experience now in your life to guide you to himself, right? He's, and he wants to be with you in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this suffering. So it's not arbitrary. It's not meaningless. Everything meant to be comes from God. And, Mm. um, so even in the midst of this painful stuff. Yeah. I want to draw out another theme um, love and truth and the way that kind of progresses in the song. Yep. I was going to skip verse three, but I think it, I think it helps, um, Let's elaborate. Three, of course. All right. So verse three, I uh, reads, remember jumping in the pool. We was fully clothed in August. We were soaking, choking, smoking in my old apartment. Then they cut off all the lights because the bills were never paid. We were stealing all the power from the neighbors on vacation. The chorus goes, I am spotless. Neither is you, but once in my life, I want to see it through. If you want spotless, I always lose. Listen to this. You gave me your love, lover. You gave me the truth. So in verse three, we're seeing kind of the honesty unfold. Mm-hmm. They're stealing. They're smoking. They're doing all of these things they should not be doing. They're broken together. They're broken together. They're, they're, they're kind of living life together. And in doing so, actually exposing their own frailty to each other. Or maybe their rebellion too, which is a, a fault. I think yeah. we, all, we all share in. But here saying, okay, you, you were giving me your love before. Your fake kind of sentimental, yeah, exactly. romantic, whatever. But here he's moving to, you actually gave me your love, lover. You gave me the truth. So in giving me 
your authentic love, you're actually giving me the truth of who you are. Yeah. And really being brave enough to, to enter into this dance of love with me and show, show your brokenness to me and experience my own brokenness. Now you've given me the truth. And because of that, you've actually given me real love, not this sentimental stuff, but you've actually shown me. So real love and the truth are wedded together, Mm. right? Whereas this sentimentality, this kind of romantic kind of fluff that he was talking about at the beginning that he didn't want, he said, that's not the truth. That's not the real thing. The real thing is brave enough to enter into the mess with me. Mm. And I think that's beautiful. And that's what our Lord does to us. He enters into the mess with us because he is love and he is truth. But at the same time, we're not recommending you steal power from your neighbors. Or smoke. Or yes. Well, it depends on what you If you want to smoke a pipe, go smoke or, a pipe. Or a cigar, you know? Yeah. Are you a cigar guy? I'll hit a cigar every once in a while. I'm not sit outside every day or every week kind of cigar guy, but if we go play around a golf, I'll- We I'll, got some I'll, big cigar guys here at the We seminary. do. Yeah, like, like nightly. And I love the smell of cigars. Like yeah. I love when other people around me are smoking cigars. Yeah. But every time I've smoked one, which has been twice, I have not felt good. I afterwards. just eat tobacco. <laughs> Yeah, just pop it in. Just pop it in there, dude. You know, it's uh, it's, it's terrible, actually. Uh, yeah, it's not good at all. I should probably stop now that I think about it. <laughs> Listen, you're not spotless. Yeah, neither is you. <laughs> you know, for once in my life, I want to see it through. <laughs> it's also funny trying to break down the lyrics because, like, there's a tune going through my head, and uh-huh. I'm trying not to get into the rhythm as I'm reading the lyrics. But we are reading, anyways. Whatever. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Um, let's finish off here with when I think uh, the way he ends the chorus. Because it really kind of sums up what he's what he's trying to say throughout the song. I can't stop this, neither can you. But once in my life, I'm down to see it through. If you want spotless, I'll always lose. You gave me your love, lover. You gave me the truth. Love is unfolding before them in the in the song. Um, the reality of who they are is also coming forth in the song, and um, the truth of what he wanted is now revealed to him and the authenticity of the love that the two are sharing, whoever this, this person is. Um, but I think the, the big takeaway from the song in general, at least the one that I did and the title of the song is called Spotless. Mm-hmm. This idea that we have to be perfect in order to enter into a relationship with each other. And something that I failed to mention at the beginning of the episode, which I really didn't mean to, um, was I didn't mean to fail to mention it. <laughs> I meant to mention it at the beginning. Anyways... <laughs> is that we all strive for the ideal. Yeah. We're all in this constant kind of state of, of wanting to wanting to meet the perfect person or the perfect teacher. Or be or, perfect. Or ourselves. be perfect ourselves. Show the world again this this perfection of who we are. Um and I think in one sense we have to recognize that that ideal is a good thing. That striving for the ideal in our work, in our study, whatever we do. Um, even the way we cook things or make things is a good thing because I think uh, we, we strive uh, for perfection or I guess I should say I warn against striving for perfection and limited things only though, right? Because this desire to, to engage perfection or to, to live out the ideal ultimately is to, to, to meet the perfect person, perfect goodness, perfect truth, perfect beauty in God, right? So all of the things that we kind of encounter or try to make our reality to to um, to, to illuminate or to somehow um, encapsulate this this thing we hold as perfection um, is, is ultimately for us striving towards God, yeah. um, who is perfection. 
And so uh, I don't, I guess I, I'm not trying to, to say don't, uh, don't pursue the spotless. I'm not trying to say stop pursuing the spotless, but I guess what we're trying to say is that recognizing that the, the complexity of humanity um, entails a certain imperfection. Yeah. You know? So that's, it's very well said. It's like the recognizing that you are a sinner isn't an excuse for sin. Right. right? It's not like, okay, well, I'm not spotless, so I'm just going to engage in debauchery and just do a bunch of terrible things because, hey, I'm just human. No, it's like we need to be striving for truth and love. We do. We need to be striving for God. Mm. But as God is merciful with us, we need to be merciful with ourselves. And unless we're presenting him our true hearts, which are broken and which are crippled by sin. And And which should desire to change. And which desire real perfection in him. Unless we're brave enough to show him the truth of ourselves, we're never going to actually be able to enter into relationship with him. We need to open up our hearts with all its wounds, with all its brokenness to let him in. And when it gets, comes in the context of human relationships too, that's also what we need to do. If, if, if a relationship is going to be real, I need to be vulnerable. I need to open up my heart to somebody. And again, that takes time and that takes, you know, it, it it's, you know, you prudentially reveal your heart to somebody bit by bit, but but only by doing that can relationships be authentic. Yeah. I think they can begin to be, if you will, spotless before the eyes of God in the sense of like this union, this particular you know marriage, whatever this hypothetical marriage, before the eyes of God has reached some sort of perfection. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I think it, that's what I wanted to end with, that we should be striving for perfection, um, understood in the sense of a process of unfolding a process of bettering, not something that's finished, done. Now you're perfect. Now I want you, or you know, now I want this thing. But rather, kind of an unfolding uh, of 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 authenticity. Yeah, it's well said. You know, so that's that's my final message, Joey. Any last words from Yes? Yeah, recommend this song. There's a couple cuss words in there, so if you're you know super young or have young children, be aware of that. But um, other than that, it's. It's cool. Zach Bryan, he's good. Also, we felt to mention the fact that um, featured in this song are the Lumineers. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. That's, that's <laughs> kind of why this song is blowing up. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I would you it. recommend it. Check him out. Check Zach Bryan out. He's got some cool stuff. A lot of episodes. He's blown up. And uh, I wouldn't be amazed if uh, if in the near future he hits another hit single or something. Maybe one day we'll have him on Logos podcast. Maybe he'll. Uh, you know, maybe we'll make time to go visit him. Maybe we'll get our agent to hop off some plane right. with all that money coming into Patreon. Hey yo, hey yo, thanks oh, guys. Can I shout out our new subscriber? If you could, new yeah, yeah. If you can get I've thanks guys, y'all been very generous to him. Uh, I I I thought our kind of cheesy attempt of commercializing wasn't going to work, or maybe was going to, but it certainly has turned out a lot better than we had estimated. Okay, I got to shout out Becky Holland, Becky? Tara Collins, uh, what up, Jill Johnson, and CJ and Chip Body. Thank you all so much for just within the last week or so becoming patrons of Logos Podcast. Seriously, we're like incredibly grateful we are. for you guys. So, Thank you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, praying for you in a special way. Praying for all our listeners. So pray for us too. That's right. And I don't know, keep the faith, repent. <laughs> <laughs> keep the, Repent and believe in the gospel and I will see you later. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Logos Podcast. Um, by the way, if y'all can hear people in the background, we apologize. 
Uh, there's some people shouting. These are seminarian rowdy. brothers. They are rambunctious sometimes. Yeah, that's and right. they're playing something in the gym. I guess basketball. <laughs> I guess basketball. Or fighting. In which jousting is a big thing. Well, joust, we have jousting in the gyms at times with horses and just. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it gets a little do, crazy. Yeah, we do. You know? But, anyways, guys, thank you all for tuning into this episode of Logos Podcast. We hope you enjoyed what we did, and we hope that y'all grew in closer relationship to the Logos, our Lord Jesus Christ. And as always, God bless.